Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Dan. Welcome to our Friday podcast. Today we've got a quick segment off the top just talking about all the news that happened on Thursday, the positive COVID tests, all of that stuff. Uh, Then we've got our usual picks pod uh, coming up in the second segment, and then we take a break. And on the other side of the break, Tom Reed, our old buddy, joins us to preview the Pittsburgh Steelers. So make sure you check that out. Now you're going to hear a Football Insider subscriber, as you always do, in our picks segment. If you want to check out Football Insider and get a chance to do stuff like that, get exclusive content on Cleveland.com. Um, get ex- an exclusive newsletter every day in your inbox and also get signed up for our texting service. You got to head over to cleveland.com slash Browns. Click on the blue banner at the top of the page. Get all your information. Get yourself signed up. Okay, here it is, our Friday podcast. And here we go on our Friday podcast, Mary Kay Cabot joining in first. Mary Kay, how are you? I'm getting a little tired, Dan, but uh, ready to ring in the new year. How about you? Yeah, same. Uh, I think everybody's ready to ring in the new year this year, but I'm not sure how much is going to look different on Friday. Um, we're starting off this Friday pod a little, a little bit differently um, because the Browns had a lot of news over you know, since we recorded on Wednesday for our Thursday pod and now tonight. So it started with, again, they closed their facility on Thursday. Um, pushed back everything. They ended up keeping the facility closed. Malcolm Smith tested positive for COVID-19. Um, and then the really big news, of course, is Denzel Ward testing positive for COVID-19. Um, so I, I guess where are we right now as I'm talking to you at about 745 on Thursday night? Well, where we're at right now is that there are five Browns players who have to sit out this game because they are on the COVID-19 reserve list. The biggest name out of those guys, as you mentioned, is Denzel Ward. That was the blockbuster news that came down today. So five players have tested positive and they are on the COVID-19 reserve list. And then there are five players who were activated off the list today. So that's basically in its, in its simplest form, uh, the easiest way to explain it. So the five guys that are on the list and that have to miss this game are B.J. Goodson, Andrew Sandejo, Denzel Ward, Malcolm Smith, and Harrison Bryant. Now, Carl Joseph is also still on the COVID-19 reserve list, but he can come off of it probably by Saturday, and, and 
will probably be available for the game as long as he continues to test negative. Uh, the guys that came off the list today and are back at it, and if they practice tomorrow, they'll practice, Jarvis Landry, Rashard Higgins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Kaderil Hodge, and Jacob Phillips. So they've got five guys on, five guys off, and they're getting a few other guys back, and they've got some injuries. But uh, the key here to remember, too, is that the three guys that tested positive today, and that was Denzel Ward, Malcolm Smith, and Harrison Bryant, are in jeopardy of also missing the first playoff game if there is one. So there you have it. Yeah, so let's start there because there is the good news part of this, and that's the guys the Browns got back. But the part, the part you mentioned right there at the end is the really important part. Uh, there's still, at least in my mind, no reason to think that the Browns can't win on Sunday, which would put them in the playoffs. And then you've got to start doing the math. So if the Browns got a playoff game scheduled on Saturday, that would mean, if I figured this out correctly, that there's no way Malcolm Smith or Denzel Ward could play. If or Harrison or Harrison right. Bryant. On right. Sunday, there's the potential that those guys could come off the list and play. Yes. Yes, because you start the counting uh, today, and then you count 10 days, and then they can return the day after that. So if you started the counting today for those guys, uh, you get to um, you get them back the, for the first time on Sunday of next weekend. And if the game is that day, they would be able to play in it. Now, of course, if you're playing, you know, if you're playing Ben Roethlisberger in Heinz Field with Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson and the, that crew, you certainly want Denzel Ward. Right. If you're playing Josh Allen and, and Stefan Diggs, you want Denzel Ward for that game. I mean, really, almost anybody that you play, you really need to have your shutdown corner. So they're going to have to hope that if they make the playoffs, their game is not until Sunday. Malcolm Smith has been really important to this defense too. Not, not Denzel Ward level and, and maybe not even BJ Goodson level, just because Goodson is, is their signal caller as well. Um, but Malcolm Smith has been an important piece in this linebacking core. So I, I think missing him too, they're, they're going to feel that if they don't feel it on Sunday, they would feel it um, in, in a potential playoff game. Yeah, you're right about that because he has definitely done a phenomenal job. He's experienced, uh, you know, he's a veteran player. You know, when you've got a guy like BJ Goodson out, you can rely on a guy like Malcolm Smith to help out with getting everybody lined up correctly. BJ Goodson is the signal caller back there. Uh, they really had to pivot losing him against the Jets game. So these are some veteran players that we're talking about. And when you look at this, when you look at the list of the five guys, obviously, it's the defense that's taking the biggest hit. Right. And in addition to that, you've got two linebackers that suffered ankle injuries in the Jets game. That's Sione Takitaki and Tay Davis. Okay. So they're kind of hurting at the linebacking court and they were already uh, thin and a little bit suspect there. Uh, so, so the defense is where they've, they've taken uh, the biggest chunk of the, the COVID hit here. Uh, they still have their defensive line intact, but, uh, you know, Miles is still coming back from, from his bout with COVID-19. The offense, when we think about this game, the offense is largely intact, and not only that, getting a lot of guys back, a lot of guys back. 
so Harrison Bryant is about the only one at this point that's expected to be out. And in addition to all these receivers coming back, you've got Jedrick Wills coming back from his illness. You have got Wyatt Teller coming back from a high ankle sprain. Oh, and it should be mentioned on defense as well that Ronnie Harrison will be back this game. So they're getting a couple pieces back. Jacob Phillips is coming back. Ronnie Harrison is coming back. So it's kind of a revolving door. uh, But, but for the most part, at least they are getting some guys back. Okay. So, so the obvious question here before we go is really just about the status of the game. As we're talking now, it's going to be played Sunday at one o'clock, but could there still be a scenario where the NFL has to move this game? As of right now, no. As of right now, it has been contained and the game is still on. So unless the Browns have more positive tests over the next couple of days, the Browns and Steelers will face each other at one o'clock at First Energy Stadium with a chance for the Browns to clinch the playoff berth for the first time in 18 years. It was. It also came out today, Jerry Dulac, one of our previous guests on the pod, Right. reported for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and we were all wondering about some of these guys. He reported that T.J. Watt's not going to play, that Cam Hayward is not going to play, and that Marquise Pouncey is not going to play. And some other people uh, believe that uh, the guys that will play, you know, the Joe Haydens and the Minka Fitzpatricks, that they won't play the whole game. So it, it, it almost seems like they're just kind of going to let this one go for the most part, let the Browns get into the playoffs and then get everybody back full strength and try to knock them out. If they have to face them in Heinz field the following weekend, what do you think, Dan? Yeah. I don't think the Steelers care a whole lot about winning this football game. Um, You can read that however you want. Maybe they just aren't, you know, maybe they're not nervous about facing the Browns again. Maybe they just don't care one way or the other. They just want to make sure everybody's healthy and ready to go. Uh, but it, uh, they certainly do not care about winning this football game. If there's an opportunity for them to win it, they will. But, you know, we talk about this a little bit in the picks pod. You can actually hear Doug call me insane uh, for saying that I think the Browns might actually play it a little close to the vest as well in this game. Um, but, you know, there's uh, – I, I don't know. I think this is going to be a pretty boring game. <laughs> I don't think either team's going to do a whole lot because I don't think the Steelers will be able to, and I don't think the Browns will really have to. Well, what do you think about that? You know, I, I missed doing the, uh, the picks pod with you guys today because I was writing and rewriting all of this COVID stuff and the Denzel Ward. How did I do in the, in the uh, picks last week, by the way, really bad. Don't say it if it's bad. Uh, you shouldn't have asked that. <laughs> That's all, all right. I'll say. Scratch that from the record. Scratch <laughs> that from the record. Um, but anyways, so I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this approach because, you know, if, I, if I'm the Steelers, I, I just feel like I'd be tr- trying harder to win this game. I mean, the Cleveland Browns are coming together. And to me, it seems like the Steelers were falling apart. At, you know, I mean, they got it together in the second half of last week against the Colts. But in the three weeks before that, there was no doubt in my mind that the Browns could beat the Steelers in the season finale with their full complement of players. Then they suddenly woke up. And so I just don't know what their thinking is. I mean, the Browns are getting everybody back healthy. They've got their two-headed monster. You know, Nick Chubb didn't play in the first meeting. Wyatt Teller didn't play in the first meeting. Ronnie Harrison. I would be afraid of the Cleveland Browns if I were the Steelers. And I I think I would be trying to knock them out of this game. I just don't really understand it. I, I think, 
look, and, and we might be having this discussion about the Browns a year from now or two years from now, right? To me, I just look at it like, you know, it's, it's awful when a guy gets hurt, right? Like when the Browns lost Odell Beckham for the season, and obviously their season has gone the right way since then. But you just think, oh, man, that, it's brutal to lose that guy. Now imagine losing that guy in week 16 of a game that you just don't have to win, or I guess week 17 of, right. of, in a game you just don't have to have. I, I think you, unless you have the bye week and you don't want guys to kind of have those two weeks off to rust. Right. I, th- I think it's wise to play it safe. And, you know, maybe the Steelers are pretty confident that at full strength, they could beat the Browns. So why not take, you could go for it this week, or you could kind of sit on it and go for it a week from now. I, I don't know, but um, it certainly is working out in the Browns favor. The other thing I wanted to ask you about is the way this is shaking out, the Browns might only get one practice this week. Well, one real practice this week. They practiced on Wednesday, but it wasn't very long. Right. Um, and this is another reason why I, I should have said this in the pick spot. This is another reason why I don't think the Browns are going to get real crazy on Sunday. They just don't have the practice time to do that stuff. Um, and depending what happens today, and who knows when people are listening to this, maybe we already know, depending what happens today, I don't know. We'll see what if they can get on the practice field on Friday. Yeah, they, they don't know that yet. And here's the thing, and they are bracing themselves for this too. And again, we don't know exactly when anybody's listening to this yet, but they have to hope that over the next two days, they don't have any more positive tests. I mean, they just don't really know yet. I mean, you've got to, uh, you know, you have to make sure that the people that came in contact with the three guys that were positive today, that all of a sudden you don't have, you know, little offshoots from that. So uh, nobody really knows exactly how that's going to go, but uh, just getting back to the Steelers for one more quick second right. is the fact that um, in that game against the Browns, they lost Devin Bush for the season. So you're yeah. right about that. I guess it is. I guess it does make much more sense to think if you have a chance to go deep into the playoffs, don't take a risk in this game. And then look, they lost Bud Dupree uh, to a torn ACL. So they can't afford to lose a TJ Watt or a, or a Cam Hayward or, or a Ben or somebody like that if they want to go deep into the playoffs, but it sets up, it really does set up a very interesting scenario. If the Browns have to go into Heinz field and try to beat them. Well, we'll see what happens. It keeps getting, you know, on the one hand, it gets easier for the Browns when we find out who the Steelers are and aren't playing. And then on the other hand, it gets more difficult when we see who the Browns are losing. Um, But I, I still kind of, I think I'm still in the camp and this could not age well. I'm still in the camp that there's slightly more good news than bad because you're getting those guys back on offense. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, they still have, especially if you're going against a skeleton uh, defense, they've got their, you know, their running game is going to be intact. And for the most part, you can really just try to uh, do the best you can to run the ball, to keep uh, Baker from getting picked off and and things like that. You run your playoff action off of all of that. Uh, So, yeah, I do think for the most part that, uh, the Browns offense should be able to go out there and, and match up well against the guys who are going to be out there on defense. And then even though the Browns are down players on defense, they should be able to beat Mason Rudolph. Okay. They, they should be able to do that. So very interesting game. I think it's going to come down to, um, to takeaways. I mean, look, Baker Mayfield was uh, Minka Fitzpatrick had that pick six on the first drive. So Baker's only had one interception in his last eight games. Isn't that incredible? 
Yeah, I mean, he's been taking care of the football. I mean, through the air, yes. Now, yeah. well, yeah, that yeah. Jets game aside, the fumbles in the, but he has been taking care of the football in the passing game. Right, um, in the passing game. For sure. Yep. Okay, um, so there you have it. We'll see what happens on Friday. That's kind of where we are. 2021 starting off the same as 2020, basically. We're just, we're just going day to day. And if the Browns do manage to make the playoffs, that this is going to be ongoing across the league. It's just going to be day to day with a lot of these teams and a lot of these games. So uh, this story is not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, stick around. We got our picks coming up next. And then at the very end, uh, of course, as I've said, as I said earlier in the intro, uh, we'll have Tom Reed on to preview the Pittsburgh Steelers. I talked to him on Wednesday, so you'll get to hear that interview as well. And also, by the way, check out the show we have up on our Browns YouTube channel. Uh, we put together like a half hour Pittsburgh Steelers preview show uh, and our video guy, Dave Anderson, put a lot of work into it. It turned out really well. Uh, so head over to our Browns YouTube channel and go, uh, go looking for that and check that out because it actually is a pretty good show. I thought now I'm biased because, you know, I'm in it. You were in it. We were all in it, but I uh, thought it was a pretty good show. Yeah, I'll have to go. I haven't had a chance to, to watch it yet myself, but I'm looking forward to it. And hopefully it's something that we uh, can continue to do and uh, maybe do them weekly or whatever the case may be. Well, you're going to like it, Mary Kay. It turned out well. Oh, good. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for the time. Okay, now it is time for our picks segment, our weekly pick segment here on the podcast. Week 17 the final week of the regular season. But you guys aren't getting out of this picks pod. We're going to pick all the playoff games too. Uh, so Doug Ellis, Mary Kay is not here with us uh, today. She's uh, covering all the news coming out of Berea right now. She emailed me her picks. But Doug and Ellis, you guys aren't getting out of this picks pod. So easy. We'll be doing this for the playoffs as well. Um, so let me introduce our guest picker today, representing our Football Insider subscribers. Uh, Buddy Rigotti. Buddy, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Doing well. And uh, let's see, we've got, like I said, Ellis in at 31, 31, and two. One and three last week. But I was thinking, Ellis, that two kind of equals one win. Hey, I've been telling you guys from the start that a push is not a loss. So if we're going to add up two pushes to give me one more victory, I'm not going to complain. But the two is sexy over there in the tie column. I'm going to keep it real. Of course, I mentioned Doug here, 29 and 35, one and three. Uh, last week. Uh, Doug, welcome. I'm not even sure we should count our Browns picks I from know, last that, week. That was tough. <laughs> that we made on this show. I revised my pick. I had him at, I tweeted, I had him winning by three by the time they actually played. So I would have taken, I mean, I'm not really complaining. Mike, how is that? Not even a game. If I actually was any good at this, I would legitimately complain. But I lose all the time, whether people have COVID or not. <laughs> And I'm in after two and two weeks. Just keep my head above water right here every single week. Another two-win week for me. I'm 30-33-1 and one on the season. Our texters, by the way, 27-37. and 37. Hollis last week went two and two uh, for our Football Insider subscribers. So, Ellis, you want to kick us off here? What have you got for your first game? Sure. So, little tease of some other picks I got. But I just have an NFC East special this week. <laughs> A lot like the NFL decided to first – bless us with a Giants Cowboys game that could ultimately decide who goes to the playoffs and wins that division, depending on what happens on the Sunday night game. So let's just do this in chronological order and start with that Cowboys Giants game. I kid you not. I have Giants written down plus one, then I have them scribbled out and then I have Cowboys minus one. And then I scribbled them out again. And then I circled the Cowboys. So that has put me in a Google search of Daniel Jones. 
and Joe Judge sounding irritated about stuff <laughs> has landed me with the Cowboys minus one at New York. I'm a my, my dad is a Cowboys fan, so I kind of had that in me growing up. You just for some reason I've always believed in the star, even though it has been for no good reason. And they're probably going to duke me again here after looking great and explosive last week. Those CD Lamb touchdowns are fried in my head. And they're probably going to go out and lay an egg. But I'll take the Cowboys minus one and what is going to turn into an NFC East dominated Sunday. No offense, but that expl- explanation makes me think you should pick a different game. <laughs> You're like, well, I picked this. No, I picked that. No, I picked this. My dad yes. likes them. Pick a different hey, game. The slate is ugly. I, I mean, I'm going to be. It seems yeah. to be I'm waiting to see what you guys say, but this has been just a, it's a week 17. I advise no one to actually bet their money in week 17. I'm just here because <laughs> I'm obligated to be here, Doug. <laughs> Required to attend. <laughs> okay. So Doug, what's your first game? Well, listen, I will say this though, because I think week 17, most of the time you're right. 12 of the 16 games this week have playoff implications for at least one team. So I wiped out the four games that are like, I don't know if they're like the Patriots and the Jets, who's trying, who's not trying. I don't know. I'm not picking that, but there are 12 games where it's like, okay, well, this team is playing for seeding, playing to get in. Maybe they both are. So I'm going to take it full circle. And by full circle, I mean the opposite of how I started this season. I think Buffalo wants to be the two seed. I think they want to have that next round game in Buffalo. If they beat Miami, they'll guarantee that. They're only given three against Miami. I don't know who Miami's quarterback is. I'll take that. Buffalo's looked awesome. Buffalo minus three against Miami. I feel very good about. And the Dolphins just lost their closer today. And Ryan Fitzpatrick going on the COVID list. So uh, it is the, uh, the Tua show there for the Dolphins. Who, by the way, kind of killed a few of us last week as well. Only winning that game by, <laughs> by a point. Come on, Dolphins. Okay, um, let's see. None of those for Mary Kay. I am not on any of those. Uh, Buddy, why don't you give us your first game? Yeah, I'm with Doug. I took uh, the Bills-Dolphins game uh, also. I kind of avoided the games that didn't matter and uh, found it a little frustrating trying to pick uh, games with, uh, you know, trying to figure out if if guys were going to rest their starters or not. But I landed on this Bills-Dolphins game. I'm with with Doug. I'm going to do – the bills and the points. Cause I, I think momentum matters so much in this league, especially right now. And they're just hot. And I don't think they want to lose that momentum losing to a dolphins team. Uh, so I think they're going to come out and uh, it seems like anytime they win, they win by like 30. Uh, so if they win and I think they will, they'll, they'll easily cover that three points, Fred. Not to be the guy who like at fantasy football drafts says, Oh, you didn't hear about that guy's injury after you pick somebody but I'm about to do that I I was almost on this game and then I was reading something about how you know the Bills might be looking at the way the Steelers are resting guys and because that two three isn't a huge deal they might only play Josh Allen a quarter or a half and again this is why this week 17 stuff is difficult even though we think this game has value it's just impossible to know what you know the difference between two three and keeping your franchise quarterback and ultimate playmaker and Josh Allen healthy. It's just, it, it's tough. So this is, I guess it's a, a, obviously a COVID thing. I'm a, nobody wants to have the home game in the second round. Like I, I, the Steelers are obviously completely dismissive of that, but the bills they're tied. Now, if the bills win, the bills have the tiebreaker. So the bills would have a little more motivation. I'm surprised. I get it. It's COVID time, but I still think the bills would like 
want to have that game in Buffalo instead of Pittsburgh. I, I just, I'm confused about why we're having so much rest talk for two and three, not doubting you at all, Ellis. I'm just confused by why it's ha- so prevalent in the discussion. Yeah. From what I got from what, I, what I was reading, it's there's first of all, Vegas isn't even put pumping in points for home field anymore. They were, that doesn't really exist i mean who knows who's right it's an unprecedented season hopefully we never have to deal with this again uh but with no fans in the stadium it, it these it, i don't think there's much of a home field advantage that even exists into the play, postseason even okay i'm gonna knock out two games here uh that uh, mary Kay and i we each picked this game so i saw this and, and i really thought this number was big and this has nothing to do with whether i think the jaguars are good or not but I'm taking the Jaguars plus 14 against the Colts. I think that's a big number for a team that's been kind of feisty and they're not playing for the number one pick anymore. They have the number one pick locked up. So they don't have to lose this game. They beat the Colts in week one. I know that was forever ago. Uh, I don't know if I see the Colts winning this game by two touchdowns. I think they'll win, but not by that much. So I'm going Jaguars plus 14. And actually Mary Kay agrees with me on that one as well. She is going the Jags plus 14. Was anybody else looking at this line and, and thinking they might jump on it? I, I looked at it only because I know nothing about college football, as you're about to find out. I love acting like I took, you know, the plus 44 <laughs> line and just having a slow bleed out until you end up not covering that. And when you see plus 14 in the NFL, it, it triggers those memories of, oh, plus 44, Alabama and Alabama state or something. So it's a monstrous line and it'd be fun to watch the slow bleed to the end, but you know, the Colts have an explosive offense and one of the better defenses in the league. It's a big number. I'm worried. Everybody in Jacksonville is going to be hung over from drinking all week about getting Trevor Lawrence. So <laughs> I get what you're saying. It's like the pressure's off. They're allowed to win, but they also might just take a nap. I think this uh, this is how Mary Kay explains it, and this to me sums up 2020 perfectly. Mike Lennon will give another spirited effort. <laughs> there we go. There's your 2020 NFL season in a nutshell. Mike Lennon giving a spirited effort. Okay, so let's go bounce back here to Ellis and give us your second game. All right. I'll save my uh, next NFC East game for later, you know, the big the big reveal at the end for that Sunday nighter. Um, let's go to the Cards-Rams. I've been on the Rams – for a lot of this year, they've done well for me, but they are in a tough spot right now. Uh, these past three weeks have just been difficult for them. Their offense looks nothing like it was just, you know, a year ago, even they don't have any downfield explosive plays They're playing a lot of uh, horizontal football check downs, shallow crosses, getting the ball in Robert Woods and Cooper cups hands, Cooper cups, not playing Jerry Goff broke his thumb. He's not playing. I have the cards minus three that may have moved um, since yesterday. But I think even though even though it's in Los Angeles, Kyler Murray a little banged up. The Cardinals need this one, and the Rams do too. But the Rams just are going in, in an opposite direction and don't have two of their best offensive players. Well, Jared Goff, he's an improvement over who they're going to start. Give me the Cardinals minus three in Los Angeles. Is he? Is he? We're already going there. I, are I, we I... sure Jared Goff is better than the backup? This is my. Holiday present to myself. I'm going the opposite way on this. I am taking the Rams. This feels like a, it, it might unburden Sean McVay to not have to like try to figure out a way to make Jared Goff look competent. 
I feel like he might have been whole. Uh, Cooper Cup is a big loss. I'll admit that I didn't know that, but I'm not going to change my pick. <laughs> I feel like this this could be one of those where the backup, who everyone's saying nice things about, comes in and because they know he's limited, you know what you're dealing with. I just feel like Jared Goff has been holding them back. And it's not a gigantic loss to not have him. It might be a good thing. And if we're figuring it out, if we're playing a week 17 game where both teams need it, I'm taking Sean McVay over Cliff Kingsbury. So I'll take, and I have it at three and a half. So I'll take the three and a half with the Rams. I am on Ellis's side. Ellis, go ahead. I just was going to say this. There's no other way I'd rather end 2020 than going into the new year with a five and oh head to head record against Doug. Who's with me? 2021. Well, here we go. I'm with you on this one, Ellis, because I'm with you on this side of the game. I'm I've got the uh, I'm going with the Cardinals. Look, John, is it John Wofford? Is it Wolford Wofford? His pro football reference page is empty. Wow. I don't know. I, I can't ride with that guy. I'm sorry. Now, I'm, I, look, the Cardinals have let me down again and again and again, but I, I think they'll come through for me uh, this week. So, Doug, you said you had this one at three and a half. That's what I had it at, too. So, Ellis, we're going we're gonna to make you and I go at three and a half on this one um, as well. So, yeah, I, that Rams defense is really good, and that's kind of the one thing that kind of gives me pause. But I don't know, that offense, especially without Cooper Cup, I, I don't know what it's going to be able to do. The number on this game was really low, though. So they're looking at a low-scoring game here. Uh, Buddy, were you on this one? No. Okay, so what, what's your second game? So my second game is uh, the Titans and the Texans. So I kind of stuck with the games that mattered in the AFC because I haven't paid much attention to the NFC at all this year. And uh, looking at the Titans-Texans game, the, I think the, the spread was seven and a half yep. there. And I'm taking the Titans uh, in the points because um, the Texans, are, they're just uh, they're down and out, man. They've had a rough year. Uh, I think they've lost four in a row now for the second time this year. And I feel like they've just kind of given up. And even though the Titans, well, they came off that, that rough loss to, to Green Bay last week. So I think they're going to play pretty ticked off. And uh, I was looking at their last three wins are all by 20 plus points. So I think they're definitely beating the, tight, uh, the Texans. And I think they'll easily cover that seven and a half. Okay, so Mary Kay is on this one too, on the same side you are. Uh, she says they can clinch the AFC South with a victory or possibly be an eliminated with a loss. They rally and win. I'm on the other side of this game. I'm going with the Texans uh, sending Uncle Romeo off with uh, a spirited effort, not a win, but a spirited effort. This Titans pass defense is just, I don't trust it against anybody. You know, Deshaun Watson has put together an incredible year. I, I checked this before I, I logged on here. He, he was not on the Texans injury report uh, last I saw. So nothing to worry about there, I don't think. Uh, you know, I think the Texans at least do enough to stay within the touchdown of the Titans with that really shaky Titans pass rush and Titans pass defense. So I'm on the Texans on this side. So that's uh, three of us that are on this game. Is there a fourth that got on this one? Not you, Alice, because I know you got the NFC East. Doug, it doesn't look like you have it. So what is your next game, Doug? Uh, I think you're muted. Green Bay minus five and a half over Chicago Green Bay playing for the one seed Chicago playing to get in. They've had a nice little run here, but this matters for the Packers. And I think, I don't know that I'll blow them out, but I think for them to win by a touchdown, 
seems reasonable for me uh, for them to get that that only buy. So I'll take Green Bay minus five minus five and a half. I looked at this one. I scrolled through and I, I stopped and thought about that one. Um, yeah, I, I feel I feel like that's a pretty good uh, a pretty good pick there. All right, Ellis, what is your third pick? All right, it's the NFC East Showdown Sunday Night Football. <laughs> I could make a Dwayne Haskins cheap shot joke here, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Instead, I'm just taking the Eagles plus two at home against Washington. Despite Philly have nothing to play for, Jalen Hurts is still, of course, a rookie who's going to want to continue to have a keep his stranglehold on that starting job. Uh, Washington, though, uh, one of the better defenses in the league, uh, when they played the Cardinals this year, allowed 82 yards rushing to Kyler Murray. So though they you know, are strong on the outside and have a nice interior defense in terms of rush defense, the first time they saw a scrambling quarterback, they didn't perform too well. Perhaps they correct it but I'm saying they don't. I'll take Washington playing spoiler plus two at home versus Washington. Or excuse me, the Eagles plus two at home versus Washington. So do you still like that one at plus one and a half? <laughs> NFC showdown, baby. Give it to me at one and a half. Let's go. Okay, that's fine. Uh, Mary Kay is taking that one as well, but she's going the other way. Washington minus one and a half uh, against the Eagles. How about that for the Sunday night showdown? The NFC East bringing us home in the 2020 regular season, just like it should be. Yeah, I probably won't watch, but I bet it. I'm betting. But you'll bet fake money on it. You know it. <laughs> I'll, I'll follow it along on Twitter. Uh, all right, so I guess we're left with um, – yeah, I've got my three in. Everybody else is their three in. So I guess, buddy, we're just left with your third game. Uh, so I'm st- staying in the AFC North going Ravens-Bengals. Um I think uh, the Bengals, the Ravens will win this game. Uh, I, don't, I don't think they'll have any trouble winning the game, but I am taking the Bengals, uh, the points on the Bengals side. So I don't think they'll cover the 12 and a half. Um, I just think the Bengals are playing really well right now. Uh, the last couple games, I've, I'm kind of on Ellis's bandwagon about looking at the last three games of each team and, and how momentum uh, comes into play and what they're doing the last few games. Bengals are kind of up. Um, the Ravens, um, they're playing great, but it's a divisional game. And uh, there may be a little bit of weather in Cincinnati that might just help keep this game uh, under 12 and a half. Yeah, these big lines of teams that kind of have to win. I, I, like, I think it's really tempting to take like the Ravens plus 12 and a half, but I don't know. These week 17s are so funky and teams might play a little tighter. I don't know. Those, those big lines kind of scare me off a little bit. It's safe to assume that if Joe Burrow were playing these games for the Bengals right now, that Cincinnati would be the NFL's darling, right? I mean, it just be a, a great story and the momentum that Cincinnati would carry into this upcoming season would be, you know, they'd be one of the offseason darlings. They probably already will be, but it'd be pretty special if Burrow was playing right now. Although the, the interesting thing about the Bengals is you hear about jobs that could come open and how attractive they are. And even with Burrow there, you never hear like, oh, Cincinnati, that would be a, a great job. But I wonder. All right. Okay, we're going to pick our Browns game here. Eight and a half is the line I have. The Browns favorite. That thing has jumped all over the place. I think it opened at seven. I think it dropped initially and then it blew up to 10 after the Mason Rudolph news. We're recording this just so everybody knows it is Thursday night. So what we know for sure is the Steelers are playing a lot of backups. We also know that the Browns will be without two linebackers. They'll be without Denzel Ward. They'll be without Harrison Bryant. They'll be without Anderson Deho. Those are all COVID related. They're also getting their four receivers back. They're getting Jacob Phillips back. Um, so 
All of that said, makes this game really challenging to pick. And that is why we're going to make our football insider subscriber, our guest picker, be the first to go here. Browns minus eight and a half. What have you got for us, buddy? Uh, before I tell you, let me check my phone to see if uh, anyone on the Browns <laughs> has tested positive for COVID in the last 12 seconds. Um, no, I'm picking the Browns to win. As a lifelong Browns fan, I just I can't pick against the Browns. Um, I really do think they're going to win the game. I don't think they're going to cover eight and a half. Uh, the weather is supposed to be uh, a mix of rain and snow, it looks like, uh, that afternoon in Cleveland. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it's, just, it's the Steelers, and it's, it's the AFC North in, in December. Well, it's going to be January, but uh, it's just going to be a lot closer than eight and a half. So I think the Browns will win. I'm just praying it doesn't come down to a Cody Parkey kick. <laughs> you and you and about 12,000 fans sitting in that stadium. Including, all, and Cody Parkey. And Cody Parkey. They are all, <laughs> and Mike Prefer, and whoever else you can think of. They're all hoping for that. So I'll go next because I actually agree with you um, on this. At the Bra- I'm picking the Browns to win this game when we turn in our picks for the paper. Um, you know, we do that straight up. I'm picking the Browns to win this game. But I think there's a few factors along with the COVID thing. There's a chance that these two teams could meet again in a week. Now, I don't know all the ways that plays out. I don't know how the seating plays out, but there is a chance that, you know, it could be Brown Steelers again. And so it just wouldn't surprise me if the Browns kind of played a little bit close to the vest. What? Now, obviously they're going to try and win this thing, but it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't throw all the tricks out there. That That's insane to me. Football. That is insane. They haven't made the playoffs in 18 years. You think they're going to slow play a win and end game so that Mason Rudolph, Rudolph can lead two touchdown drives in the final four minutes and beat them because they don't want to show some coverage? I'm not saying they're going to slow play, but I just don't know that we're going to see the Jarvis Landry pass or the crazy, like, theatrics. I'm, that is insane analysis. That is insane this is okay. win and in it's the most important game in the last 20 years of the Browns. You're acting like they're not going to do every possible thing to gain every yard. I just don't think we're going to see the whole bag going against Steelers backups. But you're also not picking. Uh, wow. Okay. I have no idea how you can think that I, I that, <laughs> that I hope please on my knees. Let's hope that Kevin Stefanski is not thinking that. Well, anyway, the Browns, the Browns are going to win this game, uh, but they aren't going to cover. So I'm taking the Steelers uh, plus eight and a half. Ellis? Yeah, I think this is one of those games that Kevin Smith is going to have an opportunity to really feel it out. To Dan's point, if this game goes the way I think it's going to go, and you can tell I'm not from around these parts because I see the Steelers for what they're putting on the field, not the history of this rivalry – there is no Bud Dupree who wasn't going to play anyway, but now there's no TJ Watt on the outside either. I think the Browns are going to be able to dominate on the perimeter. The Steelers are going to have no ability to set an edge. We're going to see Nick Chubb running wide zone left, wide zone right, and then Kareem Hunt coming in and t- just gushing the inside and having lanes because of Cam Hayward not playing as well. So the Browns take care of the outside. You're going to see some Baker Mayfield bootlegs now. We haven't seen those in a few weeks. I think they get back to running what got them here, their bread and butter. And then again, allowing Cream Hunt to work inside those seven, eight yard runs. And because of who the Steelers are starting at quarterback, the offense will not be able to keep up with Kevin Stefanski and the running game and the opportunities Baker Mayfield will have in the play action. So because of that, 
Dan, I agree that Kevin Stefanski won't be forced into a position where he'll have to empty the bag. There's not, this game's not going to be close going into the fourth quarter. If it gets desperation time, then I'm with Doug. You got, you're going to have to empty the bag. And I'm sure you would agree, Dan, that you're going to have to win the football game. And we would all agree with that, but I just don't think it'll get to that point because clearly defensively, Mike Tomlin's not going to show his whole bag either. I don't expect exotic blitz packages. I don't expect the the type of coverage rotations that you even saw in, in week six when these two team, teams played. It's going to be vanilla on defense for the Steelers. They're not going to have the athletes to keep up with the Browns. And I think the Browns win rather handily. It won't be a blowout in the first half like it's the Tennessee Titans. But slow and methodically, eventually the Browns just separate because they're scoring touchdowns and the Steelers are settling for field goals. Right. Well, maybe that's my mistake. Maybe that's your point, Doug. Maybe if I'm saying that I should take the the Browns and the points, but I just think it's going to be a very efficient win by, you know, seven or eight. But so, but Alice, you're giving the points with the Browns. Yeah. Eight and a half. I have ten, you're taking the Browns minus eight and a half. Yeah. I had 10 written down. I'm comfortable with that number. I just don't see how the Steelers score enough points to make up for a defense that is really a skeleton of itself without those anchor pieces. Again, that perimeter is going to be completely exposed. It's something that Pittsburgh's not used to. And the starters out there aren't going to know how to adapt when all of a sudden they're giving up edge runs that they weren't giving up when TJ Watt was playing. All right. I'm taking the Steelers with the points. I think the Browns win. I can't wrap my head around the idea of that. This is easy. How could this be easy? in a pandemic year with all the stuff that's happened to the Browns with what happened last week. We're recording this on Thursday. They didn't practice on Thursday, which doesn't seem great to me. So <laughs> and barely practiced on Wednesday. So that seems like a thing. That's not ideal. Getting the receivers back is great. I don't trust the defense still. I believe in the Browns. I don't trust the defense. So I think the Browns win, but I picked, we did a TV show and people should go watch our little TV show. It's on our YouTube channel at cleveland.com on our Browns. YouTube channel. And I'd made a pick there before all this COVID stuff happened. Most of it, I think I said 30, 23 Browns and so much has changed since then, but I'm sticking with that. That still seems right to me that there's a million different moving parts, but like a one score game that is not over until miles Garrett sacks Mason Rudolph on third and eight with a minute 17 to play. And the Steelers at the Browns 23 yard line, like that is totally at play in my mind. So I think the Browns win. I think it's not easy. So I'll take the eight and a half with the Steelers. Okay. So just, just to make sure I have this right. Uh, Ellis and buddy, you guys are taking the Browns and the points. Doug and I are going the Steelers uh, plus the eight and a half. And then Mary Kay, just no buddy, sure. buddy's taking the, the Steelers too. Ste- buddy, you want Steelers. Yeah. Right, I had right, Browns right. not, not being able to cover the only, the only caveat to that, if I could jump in quick is um, one thing we haven't talked about is the Jarvis Landry factor. Uh, I believe last week was the first game in his career that he missed. Yep. And I'm guessing he uh, wasn't in agreement with the fact that he should have sat out that game. And so I could see him going for four touchdowns and 200 yards and just, and just going <laughs> off and, and throwing everybody on his back. And throwing for two touchdowns too. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to empty the bag. Let's do it. And like three taunting penalties just for fun. <laughs> uh, Mary Kay is taking the Steelers in the eight and a half points. Um, she thinks the Browns will win also, but it'll be closer than eight and a half because of Denzel Ward, BJ Goodson, Malcolm Smith, Anderson Deho, and Harrison Bryant all sitting out. So uh, there we go with that. All right. So before uh, we let everyone go and we get to our view from Pittsburgh here, 
Uh, buddy, I like to put everybody on the spot. What is it about Football Insider that you like? Uh, man, for me, it's just a no-brainer. For, for uh, a few bucks a month, I can uh, get all the updates, especially during this year with uh, the crazy COVID stuff that's happening. I don't have to go looking for inf information. It comes right to my phone via text. And uh, I'm not in Cleveland, so I don't, I don't really you know, have my finger on the pulse like some folks who live there might, uh, being in the Dallas area. It's great to have that, uh, that connection uh, to Cleveland and cleveland.com that uh, not everybody can have, or I guess anybody can if they just uh, sign up to become an insider. But, uh, and then of course, uh, being able to do something like this, like, like how, many, uh, how many teams allow their fans to come in and do stuff like this. So for me, it's a no brainer and I appreciate you guys doing it for us. Get to come on here on New Year's Eve and listen to Doug call me insane. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a way to end the year. I'd pay a lot more than $4 for that. That's, that's worth every penny. <laughs> all right well uh like i always say we, we always certainly appreciate you guys being our subscribers and we certainly love having you guys on and, and getting to hear your voices on stuff like this stuff like our post game show all the stuff that we do so we're, we're certainly happy to to have our uh subscribers on our our podcast on a regular basis okay so those are our picks for week 17 if you want to get subscribed to football insider you head to the blue banner at the top of the page on cleveland.com browns and check that out we're going to take a break. On the other side of the break, you're going to hear from an old friend of Cleveland.com and the Plain Dealer, Tom Reed, gives us a preview of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And now we welcome on an old friend of Cleveland.com and the Plain Dealer. He works for DK Sports now, Tom Reed. Tom, how are you? Good, Dan. Happy holidays and happy new year to you. Yep, back at you. Let's talk a little bit about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Tom, this is a football team that really struggled in the month of December. You know, I remember Mike Tomlin calling them junior varsity after they beat the Ravens and uh, you know, they lost to the Bengals. Then in the second half against the Colts, you know, they come back, they win that game. Did, did that change anything for this team? Or do you, do you kind of see that as an outlier right now? Do you need to, would you need to see more to say that the Steelers are kind of back? Yeah, I would need to see more. Uh, it, it was a terrific second half comeback. And I think it, it does something for their confidence. I think it does something weird to say about a 15 or 16 year veteran like Roethlisberger. I think it does something for his confidence. Uh, they were able to, to get back to driving the ball down the field, which they just have not been doing uh, for, you know, for the second half of the year. Uh, they had been kind of living on intermediate and short passes. Uh, the running game, uh, again, when you ask me if I have confidence of that one half did anything, uh, the running game still is a problem. I mean, midway through the third quarter of that game the other day, uh, the rushing yardage total was 117 to five. Uh, so they are, they're struggling to run the ball. Their offensive line has kind of been banged up. Uh, defensively, those issues are a little bit easier to identify because it's just been the injuries uh, with Devin Bush uh, being out. You know, I think he, he was lost in the Browns game. And, yeah. and then Bud Dupree, that's, those are two huge pieces uh, that has been taken. They've, they've had a couple other guys with some niggling injuries that have come back, but uh, the offense has been, a, has been a real question mark. They had drops with receivers, tight end, Eric Ebron had some drops. Uh, but yeah, I think the second half, they'll have at least have some confidence going into the playoffs that, hey, against a fairly good team and a fairly good defense, uh, which Indianapolis has, uh, that they were able to uh, really pull it back because that would have been a disastrous way to, to come into this last game. And then you 
don't really have the opportunity. Well, I guess they would have backed into the division win because of uh, other losses, the, the Browns loss, but uh, still that would have been a tough way to go into the playoffs with really struggling the way they did for two and a half quarters the other night. So, it, you know, you mentioned running the football, and it's so interesting because James Conner, when, when you look at his splits, uh, he has over 400 career yards against the Browns and, and really yeah. doesn't seem to run the ball effectively against anyone else. Uh, do you expect that to change this week? Well, the Browns finally figured out figure out James Conner like the rest of the league. Yeah, it's, it is strange. You know, he just seems like he could walk out of traction and, and play. He plays well against the Browns, uh, and I'm sure he hopes – I would have to think he's one of the guys that that, that has a good chance of playing, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's a strange, it's a strange question, and but they have really, really struggled to run the ball this season. They started out pretty good. The first like four or five weeks, they had like three or four hundred yard rushers or over hundred yards rushing in games, and just as the season wore on, they they kind of they kind of just went away from it. I talked to Joe Thomas. Um, uh, about two or three weeks ago. And he says, I, I'm not at Steelers practices, but I'm telling you, they don't even work on it because it's not showing up in games. I mean, you, you, you don't spend your week working on stuff and not using it. And they just aren't running the ball. Well, uh, it's an offensive line that is getting a bit older. Uh, and, you know, David DeCastro, I think has been, I know he's going to the pro bowl, but he's been dinged up. Uh, you know, Al Bellanueva has, has, has had a, had kind of a, a rough, finished the season. Jukes Okafor has not been as good. Uh, Marquise Pouncey is still playing at a high level, but he's older. And so you, you combine all those little things and you, you see some of the problems they have, uh, you know, for the most part of the season, it's just been a short dink and dunk game, which is really weird to watch the Steelers play that way because for most of his career, you know, Roethlisberger has been the guy that stands in there like King Kong, like, batting airplanes away, batting defenders away to get off the pass, take the extra seconds. I don't know where he ranks right now, but as of like a week or two ago, he led the league in the quickest uh, passes. And then part of it was they just getting rid of it so quick. And the, the other end of that, and I'll be interested to see what the Browns, now again, you're not going to have, you're not going to have Roethlisberger in this game, but if the Browns just get their hands up, because that's what teams have been doing against the Steelers is the defensive linemen, the, 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 you know, batting balls down. Uh, because they've been trying so many of these short intermediate passes. Now, did you expect the Steelers to decide to rest Ben Roethlisberger? Uh, you know, I was looking at it. The only case I really could have made to play him was if you wanted to maybe build off that momentum of the second half against the Colts. But uh, obviously Mike Tomlin thinking differently. So are, are you surprised at all that it's going to be Mason Rudolph in this game? No, not at all. Uh, I think right coming right out of the game the other day, even though they didn't say that, the feeling was that he was not going to play again, the way the playoffs are structured this year, there is no buy for the, the second seed. So them and Buffalo fighting out, fighting out the last week to see who gets the second seed really isn't as important. And then when you factor in the fact that home field advantage this year, uh, if that second seed, I think gets two home playoff games, I, I, I think, uh, but the league overall is playing at like about 500 because there's no fans or very few fans. So I just think that the Steelers have looked at the, all of that information and said, you know what, it's not worth it. It's not worth risking guys. And it's funny, Dan, a couple of years ago, uh, give you a story here. Uh, it was 2000. It was, this goes back to 2003 the Steelers are last losing season and they had beaten the Ravens early in the year. 
the Ravens had the play, had the division cl- clinched and decided, you know what? It's week 16. We want to beat the Steelers. We want to beat the Steelers. They ended up winning the game, but losing two or three starters in that game. And it just, it goes to show you that, that, that sometimes it's just, if you don't need to put those guys in harm's way, especially your star players or your older players that you depend on, uh, don't do it. Although, you know, I'll say this, Tom, you and I have watched the Browns go against Steelers backups in season finales numerous times. This one is going to, is going to feel, uh, feel very different for sure. That defense, that Steelers defense, still really good. And you mentioned Devin Bush is out. Uh, I know they were without the player who replaced Devin Bush, but Dupree is out. But are they still, even without those guys, are they still as effective a unit uh, as they were the last time they played the Browns? They've been really good against the pass. They've been a little, they've been vulnerable against the run. And again, no Devin Bush. Uh, uh, Other guys have have, have missed some time in there. Uh, Some of their run stoppers, again, uh, midway through the third quarter the other day, uh, the rushing yardage was 117 to five favoring the Colts midway through the third quarter. And there was a play at the goal line. And I don't fans saw it where the running back from, from the Colts just really just ran over three, three Steelers, three Steelers would be tacklers and into the end zone. And that's just not what you're used to seeing the Steelers. So they have had trouble. Uh, they've had some trouble down the stretch, really the second half of the season ever since Bush went out in stopping the run. You look at some of the, the, the totals, I think the Cowboys had a big rushing day on them and there's been other teams that have had big rushing days on them. So I, I, again, the pass rush has been terrific. Their coverage has been pretty good. Uh, Again, they lead the league. They're right up there among the leaders in turnovers, uh, which they create. And usually when that defense can create turnovers, they find ways to win games. Two of the three losses, they did not create a turnover uh, and the pass rush is good. But again, I, TJ Watts, an interesting question. We, we talk about whether you're going to play guys or not. TJ Watt is probably in the battle for uh, defensive player of the year with Aaron Donald. Maybe, you know, maybe Miles is in that, in that mix too. Uh, do you play him? I mean, he was limping off the field a couple on a couple of drives the other day. I would think if, if that was me, I'm worried more about him, him being fr- as fresh as possible for the playoffs. The, of course, the Mason Rudolph-Miles Garrett incident is, is a kind of in the background of this. Mike Tomlin, as you'd expect, pretty much shut that down uh, yesterday. But do you, do you think that's something that's going to be in the back of Steelers players' minds? Or have they really just moved on from that? Is it so long ago that it's not even a thought? Well, I think the Steelers will try to rally around uh, Mason Rudolph in this game. And I'm sure there's no question the guys that are playing hey, – you, first of all, you have younger guys that are trying to leave their mark, right? They're, they're, they're trying to play well either for their next contract or whatever, they, and they want to impress. Uh, they will definitely rally around him, but not, not necessarily for maybe what happened. I, I, again, because you, you can't afford a suspension going into the playoffs. You really can't afford to get guys hurt in a fight. So I, I think the Steelers will play it pretty straight. Clearly for Mason Rudolph, there is tons of incentive here on two levels. Let's start with the obvious. Of course, the way things ended in that game, uh, you know, the reputation that both guys ended up with, their reputations were really damaged, whether you, whoever you choose to believe. Uh, and then there's the second part of this. You know, before that game last year, you know, people remember that Roethlisberger was hurt in game two and didn't play again. You know, Rudolph was actually playing okay when he comes into Cleveland for that game. 
uh, wasn't great, but he was he was doing a decent job. By far, that was his worst game of the season. Four interceptions, sacked four times. And that really started a really quick downward spiral to the next week where he was lifted for uh, Duck, Duck Hodges or Duck yep. Devlin or Duck Dynasty. Uh, and that was kind of the end of his season. I think he might have appeared in one more game against the Jets. But so there's going to be incentive for him to come back and play well. And, you know, here, here not too long in the future, they're going to be moving on from Ben Roethlisberger. If he wants to try to keep his name in the hunt or at least stay on this team, uh, this is going to be a huge opportunity for him. I don't expect, I don't expect he and, and Garrett to have any issues other than just trying to avoid Garrett on the rush because we all know what the, we're just talking about the incentives for the, for the Steelers are. We know what the incentives are for the Browns. Okay, so uh, I, I guess I'll put you on the spot a little bit here. What, what do you expect to happen uh, on Sunday? Um, I would expect the Browns to win. Uh, I would go with Vegas. I, I think they're, you know, seven to ten point favorites. Uh, I think what becomes interesting is if the Steelers are somehow able to get out to a lead. Uh, in watching a lot of the Browns games this year, they, they've been obviously really impressive for the most part, but they tend to – struggle if they get a little bit behind in games now the one exception i thought they did a nice job against the ravens coming back that was a great game uh came back in that game but you we've seen them a couple times this year where they get behind in games um you know obviously the pittsburgh game the first baltimore game last week last week obviously extremely in circumstances with the covid guys but uh you know if the browns get off to a good start i expect them to kind of manage the game, you know, being able to run the ball, having everybody back, all their weapons back for the most part. Uh, and they should be able to see that game out uh, seven to 10 point range. I, I do want to ask you one more thing, because obviously, you, you know, the Browns really well. And I'm just curious what you've thought as you've sort of watched this team now from afar this season, as you've seen Kevin Stefanski, Andrew Barry, um, and, and sort of how this team has played, what you've thought of kind of what the Browns have done this year. Oh, it's terrific. I, the, the three things, and maybe maybe kind of in this order, Kevin Stefanski, first of all, and he, you know, certainly going to be one of the, I think he and the the, the coach from the Dolphins, Flores, uh, just two of the guys that were, have to be in the consideration for coach of the year. Uh, it's just, you know, it's just, a, it's about football. And it's, it's as simple as that. It's been about football almost all year. There hasn't been any crazy stuff going on in the field. Uh, you know, I, not to speak ill of the dead, but Freddie just was not the guy to lead men, uh, maybe lead a, a group of men, but not an entire team. Uh, he's done a wonderful job there. Uh, and, and of course, he's, he's really helped Baker, and we'll get to that in a second. The second part of it to me, uh, and, and this goes along, this all ties together, Baker Mayfield last year, he was a guy to me, part of his problems, and there were, it was multi-layered, but he, a guy that did not have trust in his offensive line. That group is much better. I mean, to, you know, Jack Conklin to me is one of the, the best addition, free agent additions in the NFL this season. Uh, he's helped. And, you know, he's allowed Wyatt Teller to kind of grow into the player he is, having him right next to him. Uh, the rookie uh, left tackle, uh, Jedrick Wills, has, has done a nice job in his first year. Uh, that offensive line has been terrific. And then you add Bill Callahan. Uh, and just to me that just the, their blocking system makes so much sense for Nick Chubb and, 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 and for Kareem Hunt. Um, 
Third part of it, of course, is Baker. Again, Baker's more confident, the way they're rolling him out. Uh, he seems to have embraced the idea that the offense really revolves around the running backs and the tight ends, and let's roll you out and make plays. You don't have to win games by yourself this year. He seems to have embraced that very much. And then the last part of it, the thing that has really impressed me was, you know, a year ago, Kareem Hunt came in and it was kind of a marriage of convenience, right? They were giving him another shot. Let's see what happens. Uh, he had to miss half the season anyway. And when he comes in, but, but, but that seems to have carried over. I mean, you, you and Mary Kay are in the locker room all the, or well, I guess take that back. You're not in the locker room all the time, but it seems like those guys truly seem to feed off each other. And it, it, that has worked. And when you throw all that together, uh, you see why they've won the games they have. Obviously, you know, you don't have to be a, a football a junkie to understand that that defense is going to have to get fixed in the off season. But now when I look at the Browns, you see exactly what has to be fixed in the defensive side. And I don't know how you feel, but I think that to me, Baker has done enough that he's going to be there next year. Uh, unless something crazy happens here down the stretch. Uh, so they're, they're, they're in the right direction. They're definitely in the right direction. It starts with Stefanski and just kind of runs down those, those three or four things I mentioned. All right, Tom Reed uh, with DK Sports. Tom, it is good to see you again. Great seeing you. Enjoy the last game and Happy New Year. That is insane analysis. That is insane.